When I was about 13 years old, I went on a backpacking trip when I was away at a sleepaway camp. And this trip, which involved hiking along a high ridge in northern Vermont, has always been a vivid memory for me because it was my first real experience of hunger and thirst. We climbed up onto this ridge, about eight of us kids and two counselors, who seemed very old and wise at the time, but were probably only in their early 20s. And one evidence that they weren't really as old and wise as we had thought was that once we got to the top of the ridge, it became clear around nightfall that first night that we had not brought anywhere near enough food and water for all of us. As this realization dawned, we started rationing the food and the water, tried to stay calm, but things got desperate pretty quickly. It was dark, so there was no way we could go down from the mountain. So all of us started watching each other like hawks to make sure nobody took more than their fair share. There were fights that broke out. Someone tried to steal extra water. And the next day it got worse because we were supposed to hike along this ridge. And of course the thing about ridges is that there's no water on them. Water flows off the ridge. So there was no water and we hiked along in the heat of this hot summer day, soon reaching the point where there was absolutely nothing we could think about except for how thirsty we were. Even hunger took a backseat, of course, to the thirst. It was not until late afternoon that we came down off the ridge and followed this small valley until finally we heard this blessed sound, the trickle, the stream of running water. At this point, our counselors made us stop and sit down by the stream in silence for 10 minutes. Now that sounds like torture, but their point, and here's where maybe they were a little bit older and wiser than we, was to give us a chance to reflect on this terrifying experience of not having enough to eat and drink to give thanks for the water, to think about those who live with this terrifying situation of hunger and thirst around the world every day. And then finally, after 10 minutes, we drank and drank and drank from that stream. And there may have been a deeper point in this 10 minutes of sitting by the stream, which was a point I didn't get until much later in life. And maybe the point was for us to think about what we are truly hungry and thirsty for. This is the point of fasting, after all. It's to compel us to face our ordinary physical hunger and thirst and see beneath it a deeper longing. As St. Augustine said in those famous words, O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. We are created to long for God, to hunger and thirst for God. And it's a need that goes deeper than all our other needs. And God tells us again and again that it's God alone who can quench this hunger and this thirst. Jesus tells the woman at the well that he will give her living water. He feeds the 5,000 in the wilderness, a miracle that stands out because it's one of the few that's in all four of the Gospels which tells us about how central it is to who Jesus is and what he brings. And in this sixth chapter of John, this long, long discourse that follows the miraculous feeding story, this discourse we only heard a little snippet of today, Jesus emphasizes over and over again that compared to any other nourishment they have ever received, 
He is the true bread. He is the one who can fill that God-shaped hole within us. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Fasting, any experience of hunger or thirst, reminds us of that hunger and thirst we carry in our souls that food and drink cannot assuage. So often we seek to fill ourselves with things that are not Christ. Possessions or money or endless work or food or drink or thoughts and worries that fill our minds throughout the day. But none of it really satisfies. As Jesus said, you'll be hungry again. You'll be thirsty again. But when we allow ourselves to be fed by Christ, these gnawing hungers and tormenting thirsts are really alleviated. And in place of these endless needs and this sense of emptiness, we grasp what it is to live as those who are filled by Christ. Or as Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And Stephen, the first martyr of the faith, is a perfect example of this. He was so full, full of Christ that it gave him incredible power and outrageous joy power such that even his opponents could not withstand the wisdom and spirit with which he spoke, and happiness, a joy that radiated from him, making his face look like the face of an angel, a joy that kept his heart open right up to the end when he begged God to forgive those who were killing him. And what he had above all being filled with Christ was this sure knowledge of the truth of the resurrection that we celebrating these great 50 days of Easter. A conviction that since Jesus Christ had destroyed death forever, Stephen did not have to fear death. Instead, he could claim and proclaim the truth that there are things that matter more than clinging to life at all costs. The example of the martyrs reminds us that we all need to find that thing that is more precious to us than life itself. More precious even than food and water. That thing that we would lay down our lives for. For Christians, for us, ultimately that thing is Christ and his mission in the world. And once we really know that Jesus is our true bread and our true drink, we are free. We are free of the fear of death and free to proclaim God's kingdom in this world no matter what the cost. That is why Eucharistic Prayer C says, Deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. Because the message of this sacred meal is that this bread and cup, this body and blood of Christ are really enough for us. He fills our hungers and gives us strength and freedom to be his people in the world. To come to this table and to come to know him is to discover over and over that all we need is to say, as the people in today's text said, Sir, give us this bread always. <laughs>